Army veteran Leo Acevedo grew up in the wall covering business and eventually started his own wall covering business called Dynamic Wall Covering. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. With the Cash Rewards credit card from Navy Federal Credit Union, you can earn 1.5% cash back on every purchase. And right now, rates are as low as 1.79% APR. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. All right, we're talk here today. We're talking with uh, Leo Acevedo from uh, Dynamic Wall Covering. I hope I pronounced your last name right, Leo. Um, before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, can you take us back and tell us what you did in the army? Okay, so um, hello everyone. Um, in the U.S. Army, I was enlisted for four years, and um, I was what's called what was called a thirty-five Yankee, integrated family test equipment. So I spent uh, my basic in Georgia. And then we went to Redstone Arsenal in Alabama and we learned about electronics for about 13 or 14 months, uh, basic circuit card, uh, recovery and reconstruction and schematic reading and things of that nature. So we, uh, we would troubleshoot missile firing systems for helicopters, tanks, and other moving vehicles. Awesome. Hey, do you wear yeah. glasses? I do not wear glasses. <laughs> I wear glasses all the time, though, when I'm outside. <laughs> My sunglasses never come off. <laughs> I just kind of an inside joke. Like, in, being in squadrons most of my career, um, we could always tell the avionics guys because all the avionics guys had glasses because it was always the really smart ones. <laughs> so I'm like, you're not wearing glasses, but you had to have been a real smart one. So maybe you're just one that ha- managed to get lucky and have good eyes. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate my eyesight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, mine's still barely holding on. It's starting to go downhill, but I'm fighting the glasses thing as much as long as I possibly can. So, um, talk about, um, what year was it you, you got out of the army and tell us a little bit about what your transition was like. So, um, my army career was unique to me, um, as an individual because I went unassigned. So whenever, I hit hit the ground and got my head shaved and hit basic. I didn't know where I was going. Mm. Um, so uh, I feel like my transition started the same day I came in because <laughs> I didn't know which side I was going to come out. Yeah. Um, so you, mean it was you showed always, up to basic uh, training without an MOS ahead of time. Uh, I did choose the MOS. That's uh-huh. the only thing I chose. Okay. Uh, and then uh, as far as, you know, you have your pick, you can, dream your dream list or whatever pick mm-hmm. three or four stations and they might put you there um so in that unassigned status they sent me to germany um at the 701st main support battalion first mm-hmm. infantry you know i learned a, a, a lot of things about what i wanted to do when i got out <laughs> as i was learning about my army career i was already prepping for my departure uh, mm-hmm. i was involved in um in the construction industry at an early age so i once I established uh, my army career or was establishing it on the sidelines, I was always working after hours on my, what am I going to do when I get out of here? So my transition was um, really came, uh, my plan for my transition came, you know, obviously like anyone else, we were going to ETS. We had just came back from Iraq. Um, I had a shoulder surgery from, uh, from a situation in Iraq. 
So um, I did take advantage of all of the resources. Um, our unit was very good about uh, making sure that we got to those resources at the main support battalion where we could talk to a medic about getting our disability things in order before we even got out the door, um, learning about what type of jobs we could transition to from our MOS training. Um, other things like uh, picking where I was going to live. I had family in South Florida. I had um, a family here in Missouri. So, um, and then also picking out what I, or making a decision about what I wanted to do with my time and my, mm-hmm. and my energy uh, to either produce a business or to work for someone else and transition my army skills. Yeah. Were you a little bit <laughs> older when you went into the army than most? 21. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, most, most young guys that go in right out of high school just don't have that kind of awareness as far as planning for a transition when they get out, you know, day one from when they go in. So um, yeah. you definitely have a little more uh, forward thinking uh, vision in that regard. You say you're in Missouri. Where, where in Missouri are? Because I'm actually in Kansas City on the Kansas side right now. Okay, that's great. Um, I'm actually in Popper Bluff, Missouri, about five oh, wow. hours from the metro area there. Oh, okay, wow. On the Missouri side, uh, southeast Missouri, Popper awesome. Bluff. Yeah, so very familiar. Yeah. Is it, how close to Cape Girardeau is that? Uh, about sixty-five miles. Okay, sixty-eight miles. All right. Well, cool. So. When you finally did get out of the army, um, what were some of the things you transitioned into right away, and what, did it go according to plan? Well, um, I thought my dollars were going to go a lot further. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, I saved up some money during my service, and I used that money to uh, propel myself once I got out. And I actually sold some leave too, so I had a little bit of extra change there. Um, in the Did it go the way I thought? Uh, not really. Uh, there was a lot of challenges, uh, mainly just getting knowledge about what I wanted to do in particular. Uh, I'm a second generation wall covering installer. I was learned to trade, but I was never sat down in a, in an office to say, Hey, this is how you administer a payroll. This is how you write an invoice. This is how you do estimating. These are blueprints, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I was always out in the field as a younger person. And then I took that, that drive and motivation for that career into the military and also transitioned out with it. So um, I had a lot of challenges uh, in that aspect of, of yeah, I'm going to be a businessman, but just because you have a business card doesn't mean you're a businessman. So um, I had a lot of challenges in that. Uh, self-educated most of the way, um, using the score offices, for mentorship and learning about QuickBooks and writing business plans and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, um, those are resources that are available to mostly anybody. Those are free resources that are, you know, score office. Yeah. But um, other challenges were, you know, I was used to working with people who were motivated. Uh, I got out here and I started trying to work with folks who were who were very much on another schedule than I was. <laughs> so my pace was up here and people were working down here. Right. Um, also, you know, having everything always written out for you, which is not necessarily that way all the time, but in the military, we have a lot of doctrination regulations, you know, manuals to help us get through tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I was out here without those. So 
uh, that was probably one of the more challenging things was, was trying to find mm-hmm. the proper guidelines to get from point A to point B. Interesting. Um, how, how did SCORE help you out? How was, what was your experience with SCORE like? And I think I've had SCORE, several experiences with SCORE. SCORE, um, SCORE stands for Service Corps of Retired Executives, I believe. Is yes, correct? and those executives are niche people in all types of resources. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are accountants, some are attorneys, some are uh, retired business executives. They know how to run companies. They know how to bring uh, an idea score, into action. Score falls under the SBA, the Small Business Administration. That's yes, a, it that's does. a SBA that's program. It. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, that's under the SBA procurement. Um, you can go in there and you can look at a guide, and it'll give you a link, and then you it'll tell you what your local store score mm-hmm. uh, representative is. You contact them, and then they can help you. Um, but they they're you know, an hour with one of those guys on the phone doing a, a simple review of what you want to do and telling them your ideas could bring a person a very long ways uh, into into finding what actions need to be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, those people are very, very resourceful, and they have the experience. That's the best thing about it. Uh, you get to talk to people who have 35 years in the industry or 25 years in the industry or whatever the example might be, but they're going to have much, much more insight than, than someone who's just getting started. Yeah. So, and they not only, they not only have their own experience, they also have a lot of experience dealing with brand new business owners like yourself. Yes. They know where the pitfalls are and yeah. where, where most likely your blind spots are. And the best thing about it is the program's free. It's fun. It is free. SBA, so it is free. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I recommend it to anybody who watches this. Uh, absolutely to reach out to their score for, for, for any just basic questions or just talking to somebody about, you know, a simple business plan, which, which a simple business plan can take you to the next level, to the bank, then to the property and then to buying products and selling your retail or, mm-hmm. or offering your services to the, to the economy. Yeah. So, all right, well, hold on, Leo, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Okay. I have several credit cards with Navy federal personal and business cards. Did you know with the Cash Rewards credit card from Navy Federal Credit Union, you can earn 1.5% cash back on every purchase. Your rewards won't expire while your account is open, and you can redeem them as soon as they're earned. Who doesn't love getting cash back? Plus, the Cash Rewards card is contactless, so you can make payments quickly and securely with just the tap of your card. Speaking of rewards, you can get a Navy Federal auto loan and reward yourself with a new car. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone. And it's so fast. You can get a decision in seconds. Right now, rates are as low as 1.79% APR. Plus, you can estimate your monthly payments with their online auto loan calculator before you apply. So whether it's your first car or your dream car, Navy Federal can help you cruise into a monthly payment you can afford. At Navy Federal, the members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Open to armed forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Rates subject to change and are based on credit worthiness. Rate available for new vehicles. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. All right, we're back talking with uh, Army veteran Leo Acevedo from uh, Dynamic Wall Coverings. Um, Leo, before the break, you were talking about the great experience and mentoring you got from the SCORE, uh, which is a part of the SBA program. Uh, understand there's also, you you also highly recommend a lot of other things through the SBA. If you want to talk about that. Absolutely. Um, anyone can go to that website, SBA website and 
And there you're going to find pretty much from start from zero to, you know, being out in a retail space, there's actually webinars that are small courses you can take. Um, they're, they review the steps that you can take in order to start your business, to maintain your business. If you want to, if you want to sell your service or your product to the federal or state government, then it shows you how to do that as well. Um, they can guide you to how to get in touch with your state procurement offices also. So um, there's, there's a, there's templates in there. Um, there's actually a web uh, email. You can, if you have questions about small business uh, information, you can actually reach out directly to the SBA and they'll, they'll reach back out to you and they'll, they'll help you get through whatever situations you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's also some phenomenal, you know, the SBA will do loan guarantees you know, for business loans and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, about, about all those certifications, whether it's just service disabled veteran owned or some type of minority in the, and service disabled, whatever you can, whatever you can all pile on, whatever you can qualify yeah. for. Um, a lot of folks um, like, I don't know. Let me give you an example. Like, oh, I'm just starting a lawn mowing business. I'm not. I'm not going to try to sell anything to the government, so I don't need to worry about all these certifications. You, you know, regardless of what kind of business you're in, you never know where somewhere down the future having those designations may pay off. Um, Absolutely, it's probably not going to pay off on day one. But you need to. It's worth if you can qualify for any of those. Even you know anybody listening to the show theoretically should be able to qualify for you know, veteran owned. Um, yeah. even if it's not service disabled. So whatever those qualifications are that you can get ahead of time, get them now while you're, while it's early um, because cool. it could pay off in the long run and you using the lawn mowing business, all of a sudden you apply for a government building lawn mowing contract. And because you were veteran owned or service disabled veteran owned, guess what? You got the contract. So regardless of what kind of business you're in, you, you never really know when a state government or the federal government or even a company that does business with the government, you know, a lot of, a lot of large companies like Ford motor company, for example, who sells lots of fleet vehicles to government organizations, Ford motor company also has to comply with the federal set, regulations, the federal regu- they, they also basically have to operate kind of like a government agency. If mm-hmm. they're going to sell stuff to the government, which means they have to have set asides and holdbacks for specific minority groups and service disabled veteran owners. So absolutely. You never know when some random company is going to come along and say, Hey, do you have any of these designations? If you do, we can give you a big contract. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very important. Uh, something for veterans to know. Okay. If, if you're, if you've been downrange, but don't have any disability or service connected situation, um, you qualify as a veteran owned small business, mm-hmm. but if there's any designation in your in your disability decision, even if it says, let's say it says right hand zero percent, that's a service connected situation, mm-hmm. and that actually qualifies you to be a disabled a service disabled veteran owned small business. Yeah. So anything that's service connected, if you have anything service connected at all, this is one of those little bits of information that a lot of folks don't know. Even if it says service connected 0% and you're not getting a monthly check, but it still says that you're service connected, you qualify to be a service disabled veteran owned small business. Right. Okay. And, and, and those, those um, criteria are listed in, on the uh, CVE website, the veteran affairs website. 
Um, and then as far as those other certifications that you mentioned, um, being a minority or a women-owned business is something that's very uh, popular nowadays. There's a lot of equal opportunity mm-hmm. uh, set-asides, just like you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, where the federal and state governments put dollars aside for small businesses who have those certifications. So, yeah, Mr. Lawnmowing Business could potentially be mowing a, an Air Force base. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I know uh, I got a friend, can't see her, he's, he's in the cleaning, cleaning supply business. He was contacted by Amazon directly saying, we want to do some business-to-business relationships with you. Oh, by the way, do you have any service disabled veteran? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Oh, okay. Well, we got companies that need to buy stuff from you. Because you, yeah. only because Supplier. you have that designation. So um, there's definitely a lot of um, opportunity. Absolutely. A lot there. of opportunity. I, yeah. wouldn't nece- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily base your entire business plan on the fact that you're no. going to get some special contract because of some special quali- quality you may have. But I would definitely get whatever designations you rate having, um, even if you think you might, even if there's a chance of qualifying. Yeah, and just remember, uh, those things look a little intimidating, but um, one page at a time. That's all you got to remember. One page at a time, you'll get it done. Yeah, um, they they do ask a lot of questions, and they want to know about your your financial situation and where you stand, and and and, and if you even have a potential for success. Mm-hmm. So um, those are all things to consider, but very much worth the time that it takes to get it done. Yeah. So so when most people hear wall covering, they think of wallpaper. And, Absolutely. You know, having done some house flipping and house buying and selling, now, nowadays wallpaper is kind of out of style. Like it's all about just the plain walls and whatever color of paint you put on it. And the first thing you do if you buy a house, it's got wallpaper on it. We're taking the wallpaper off and going back to paint. But looking at your website, you know, uh, uh, it's uh, dynamicwallcovering.com. Okay, I, I th- now I realize wall coverings are a whole nother ball game, especially like in the commercial industries. You know, where you, you walk into a company a company's uh, lobby and they've got all their branding all over the wall. You know, that, yeah. that that's custom made wallpaper essentially. And you know, if you look at your website, you got a lot of really cool stuff that businesses and stuff like that put on walls. So tell us about the dynamic wall covering industry right now and some of the things you're doing. Okay. So um, about dynamic wall covering, we're, we're a, we're a home-based operation at the moment but we actually have a nationwide footprint. Um, the reason we do is because we've been out in the field for <clears throat> since 2006. Um, we travel and we work in retail spaces, hospitality spaces, medical spaces, uh, pretty much any kind of commercial or larger residential spaces. Um, that being said, we work with printers. We work with wallpaper manufacturers. We work with painting companies. We work uh, directly with the Wall Covering Installers Association, which is um, a group of wall covering installers that is an international group. Uh, What we do through that that, um, organization is we network. Um, They help us be a nationwide service provider. So the Installers Association has a directory, and through our meetings and conventions, we build rapport amongst each other and um, we share contracts. We network so we can cover, let's say a company out of Wisconsin needs something done in Southern California. Well, we'll get you somebody. Um, we are 
currently expanding our services. Um, we've recently taken classes to become 3M certified. Um, wallpaper and stickers are two different things. Uh, traditional wall covering installer, wallpaper installer kind of steers away from 3M because it's not, it's a non-traditional type of wall covering. It's, it's basically a sticker, mm-hmm. but it does require a certain type of skill set, which we already have. It just adapting and overcoming. <laughs> so, um, so we're recently getting more involved in, in the 3M arena because uh, it's, you can put it on glass, you can put it on drywall, you can put it on metal, you, know, you can wrap cars with it, you can do pretty much anything with it. So that allows us to give our client a more uh, a different or more wide approach to customizing their space. So if they want to take that branding off the wall and bring it down onto their desk, you know, to cover the front of that reception desk, then we can do that. You know, Mm -hmm. we can build a design for them, get that printed and then install it all to look exactly how they want it customized. So that's something that we take a lot of pride in is, you know, um, helping and consulting our clients. You know, once it's not just about an installation of a material, it's about making sure that your client, is is happy from the time that that you're guiding them through making their decisions or if they've already made their decisions to either solidify those for them or if you see that they're maybe going in a direction where they could have some failure then consult them into the right direction so um, now are you are you directly involved in putting the wall coverings on the walls these days or you've mostly shifted to um more like a, a broker scenario where you're brokering we, the deal? There are a few three to four clients that what we, we like to call it the white glove service for them. Um, they're very high profile clients that do not want other installers on their sites. Um, so what we do is when those projects are scheduled, uh, I will typically go out in the field to do those. And those are any, you know, probably 15 or 16 projects a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're only a few days long. So, um, but typically I am in the office estimating, uh, communicating with, with clients, potential clients, existing clients, um, and then managing logistics for where the installers are going to be, making sure that materials are getting uh, delivered and, and that the quality control is maintained. Awesome. So um, can you talk a little bit about, you, you said that uh, you grew up, you grew up hanging wallpaper probably with your dad, second yes, generation sir. wallpaper or um, wall cover yeah. guy. And then you went in the army for a little while and then you went back to it when you got out. So initially you probably started do, uh, doing wall coverings yourself. Can you talk about, being a wall, you know, hanging wallpaper as the guy that's doing the work and you came into this act coming out of the army as, okay, now I'm going to start my own business, uh, hanging wallpaper. How is it different running it, having to run a business and do all the other business uh, tasks versus actually be the one, being the one doing the work? So I was really fortunate when I got out because I was able to buy some tools and get a pickup and get some insurance and since I'm a second generation installer, my, my father and my brother actually put me onto some work. Um, mm-hmm. so I was able to operate 
on my own through my business entity, but I wasn't responsible for any of the estimating or, or materials ordering or any of that situation. Um, we, um, being the installer, um, to be productive, you have to focus only on, on what, what the task at hand is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very difficult to be on the wall with my wallpaper tools and, and be answering the emails. The one, the one armed paper (laughs) hanger. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or I wear these. So, so, so being an installer is more about staying focused on the task, um, being committed to the trade. Uh, the trade is kind of dwindled. There's a lot of senior installers in the, in the nation. There's not so many young installers. I'm kind of in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so being, being out there, being an installer requires a different set of tools and being out here and being inside of the office. Um, yeah. Yeah. Different set of tasks. Um, you get to deal with the client face to face a lot more. Um, and typically whenever we come in, since we're a finish, we're not in the big mix of things, you know, we're not in there when they're pushing wheelbarrows down the hallways or, you know, uh, bringing the giant rolls of carpet in and stuff like that. We're, we usually come in when it's almost ready to open. Mm-hmm. So our final touches would be just like if you painted the do- the doorways and then they're still bringing in cabinets and beating up your doorway with, with the cabinets. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're definitely in the finished schedule of things. So we usually get to work by ourselves um, or with our teammate, usually one or two people can, can do a, a lot of work. You know, um, we measure typically in linear yardage. Um, uh, we, our materials come in 30, 30 yard bolts. So a typical seasoned installer can hang or install about 60 to 90 yards of wall covering per day. So they cover a lot of wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three or four guys together and uh, you can do a hotel and, in a month and a half, you know, wow. hundred hundred rooms, a hundred bathrooms, conference areas, breakfast rooms, administrative offices, all that good stuff. Wow. So um, that's uh, what the field's yeah. like. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And so you're still doing a mix of both. You're, you're still getting out there, getting your hands dirty while at the same time trying to maintain the office, um, the, the office work and, and running the business. Um, what, as far as the, mechanics of running the business yourself. Um, what kind of blind spots did you have, you know, just coming out of the army, you knew the trade as far as doing the work, but what were some of the things you were missing business acumen? Um, field experience. Um, I knew a lot from watching my father and my brother, but after being in the military for four years, and again, it, it was familiar, but new all at the same time. Um, and then, like I said before, the, the blind spots would be, you know, the administrative parts of being in business, you know, keeping up with payroll taxes, um, instead of having regular car insurance, you got to have commercial insurance. Uh, you know, you gotta, there's a lot of things that we live here in the United States where the American dream is very much alive. People have businesses out of their trunks or out of their kitchens, Uh you know? Um, That being said, you know, there's a lot more to it 
than just the exchange of legal tender. You know, um, having a business plan is very important. Having short-term goals is extremely important because those short-term goals turn into your long-term goals. Um, Exposing yourself to people who have experience is extremely important. Find a mentor. Hey, if you want to be that landscaping guy, find the guy that's successful in town and say, Hey, you know, I'm not trying to take your business, but I would love to learn about what it is that makes your business work, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something that, that I've done, did it in the past and I still do it today. I have a, a mentor who I work with about three times a year and he has 43 years of installation experience in the Walker ring industry. So I'm a baby next to my 20, 22 years is really nothing next to him. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest that for anybody. If you want to sell shoes, go talk to the guy that sells the shoes, mm-hmm. you know, or at least try to, or, you know, um, that's where I've, I've learned a lot of the niche things about my industry. Personally, uh, I've learned some things by stumbling on them and, and applying all the skill sets that I've learned over the years to one situation. Uh, and I've also learned a great deal just by listening, by sitting and, and, and listening and uh, respecting uh, a person who, you know, experience in the field is, is it does not have a, a price. And, and if you can spend time with somebody who has already had success, who, who, who's already seen through the blind spots, so to speak, then uh, I encourage that for everybody. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we are getting close to the end of our time. So your website is dynamicwallcovering.com. Yes, sir. Uh, I recommend you check out Leo's website. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Open your eyes as to what's available in the wall covering industry these days. Um, Leo, you know, last word, uh, you've given us a lot of good golden nuggets for anybody getting out of the military, wanting to go into business for themselves, whatever it may be. What kind of, uh, if you're talking to somebody who's getting out, looking to start their own business, what kind of initial advice would you have for them? Um, initial advice, set some goals. Set some short-term goals. Set some goals that are a week away. Um, set some goals that are three weeks or four weeks away. And then set some long-term goals. Um, and when you make the decision to take that leap, make sure that you take the action. You can put it on paper. You can talk about it with your family. Those are things that you should do, and I recommend, you know, someone that you can find in, talk to them, tell them, Hey, this is my idea. What do you think? Um, but believe in yourself and set those short-term goals and long-term goals and use your community resources. Awesome. There's a lot of resources out there. So yeah. And the beauty of them. the SBA stuff you talked about earlier, you know, the SBA stuff, it's free. Yes. And if you're still in, you can start working with the SBA right now while you're still in, you know, a lot of- absolutely. Um, uh, I do have a friend that's about to get out in November and we, and I've been mentoring him. He's actively putting in his service disabled veteran, small business uh, certification mm-hmm. application at the moment. And it takes a few months. So, you know, he's, he's, he's ETS in November. He's already on the move. You know, he's taking those <laughs> courses great. on the SBA website for free. He's talking to the SBA. He's in communication with the Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. So 
that's that's where you want to be. You want to be hitting the ground running for sure. Awesome. All right, Leo, I appreciate you sharing your entrepreneurial success story. We look forward to seeing your future success and uh, um, keep in touch and we'll check back in with you in a year or two and see how you're doing. Absolutely, Joe. I appreciate your time. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.